Hello, friends. Welcome to the Walk Humble Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Cox. And while this is technically episode two, episode one was really more of a trailer, sharing sort of a vision for some things to come and talking through my core values for this this online community. So this is kind of like the real inaugural episode in which we're going to start digging into life, faith, and relationships. So I just want to dive right in. The world is a mess. Am I right? On one hand are all the messes we deal with just living on this planet. You have devastating earthquakes and pandemics, wildfires and wars and economic inequality, climate change. The list just goes on. What's even harder for most of us is that we can't seem to struggle through the suffering together. We're all divided. All suffering is suffering. But the suffering in the area of relating to each other just compounds it all. Most of our deepest long-term pain comes from our inability to sustain healthy relationships with other people. So what I want to talk about today is a framework for relating to the world around you. But I want to start with a really odd question and an ancient passage of Hebrew prophecy. On the day I decided to walk Lodge Humble, I was writing a bit of content for my other website, preachingforchange.com, where I share message ideas for pastors based on upcoming texts in the Revised Common Lectionary, and it's okay if none of that makes any sense to you. What's important is the day I decided to launch this podcast, I opened my Bible to the assigned readings for that fourth Sunday of Epiphany, and staring at me was Micah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. That ancient prophecy tackles uh, a point that all of us struggle with, a question that all of us are either going to ask at some point in our lives, or we ask it on an ongoing basis. And the big question is this, what does God require from me? That's what Micah struggled with, wrestled with, did it out loud, wrote it down for us to read thousands of years later. What does God require from me? It's the question that most world religions try to answer in some way. What does God require? Because here's the thing. If I'm created with intentionality by a personal God and I'm placed in this harsh, unforgiving environment called planet Earth upon my birth, what exactly does God want from me? What does he expect when I'm walking through this tough, hard world? What does God require? And here's what the ancient prophet Micah had to say about that question. I'm going to read three verses out of his prophecy. He says, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Let me just pause after those two verses and say that Mike is what asking this question. How should I approach God? What does he require? What does he expect? Is it animal sacrifices? Lots of civilizations have tried that, right? Or is it is it oil? Is it something precious to me that I offer to him? And he's saying, no, it's not calves a year old. It's not 10,000 rivers of expensive oil poured out as a sacrifice to God. And then he says, shall I give my firstborn for my transgression? Shall I kill one of my children to make up for as a sacrifice for the fruit of of the sin of my own soul? And then he answers the question this way. He has told you, mortal, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but, 
And he says three things, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Now, if you've heard that before, you may have heard it in a translation that says to love mercy, but they, they kind of mean the same, and we'll circle back to that in a second. But that's how Micah answers it. The big question, what does God require of me? What does he want from me, a person who doesn't have it all together, who has sinned and messed up and blown it a thousand times? What does he require of me when I come before him? Is it animal sacrifices? No. Is it the sacrifice of my firstborn child? No, that won't count either. What God requires is this, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. All right, so let's break that down. Those are three things, three values of a framework for relating to the world around me, okay? That's it, just those three things. That's all God really wants. And I wanna unpack them, and I wanna do it individually at first, but I also wanna point out that these three taken together, doing justice, loving kindness, walking humbly, they kind of make up this framework that I'm talking about. But let me just let me just walk through this with you. Think about this. How should I work through all the hot button political issues of my day? How do I talk about sensitive topics like racism or gun violence or abortion? How do I treat people with whom I strongly and seriously disagree? How do I make sense of the mysteries of the universe? Well, all of that is answered. It all comes together. If I do three things in my life, if I do justice, if I love kindness, and I walk humbly with my God, okay, that's it. So let me run through them individually and just kind of talk about each one, and then we'll come back to how they all fit together to make this framework for a simplified version of relating to the world around me. First off, he says, do justice. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about justice. I'll say this, the Bible has a lot more to say about justice than I ever heard growing up or in school. Okay, when I was studying scripture from a evangelical perspective, we just didn't talk about justice a lot unless we were talking about punishing sin. That's the only sense in which we talked about justice very much, but the Bible talks about it all the time. Almost every book of the Bible talks about justice in some way, shape, or form. It's one of God's primary concerns for his creation, humanity. He cares deeply about how we treat each other. He especially cares how we treat those who are oppressed and disenfranchised, according to Scripture. If you know much about the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, you'll notice that when Israel is enslaved and oppressed, God works to free them. And when Israel enslaves and oppresses other people, God works for those people in opposition to Israel, punishes Israel on behalf of those people. So he has a lot to say about justice throughout Scripture. Now, justice is a two-sided coin, and this is where most of us miss it. We get on one side or the other. On the one side of the justice coin, we have the punishment of wrongdoers, oppressors, and those who harm other people or serve their own needs at the expense of other people. That's why we talk about criminal justice, the justice system. We, we believe that we need to hold people accountable for the harm they cause, right? That's one side of justice. It's bringing down the oppressor. The other side of justice that a lot of us maybe didn't grow up hearing enough about, the other side of the justice coin is lifting up the oppressed. It's both. It's bringing down the oppressor. It's punishing the guilty. And it's also lifting up the oppressed. It's fixing or replacing systems that keep people from flourishing. 
It's fighting against inequity and inequality. It's making sure that everybody gets a fair shot at thriving. That's the other side of the justice coin. So on one side, we talk about criminal justice, but on on this side, we talk about social justice. The work of social justice is the work of making things equal and fair for everybody, okay? And so we have work to do on both sides of that. But the problem is most of us get one side of justice and we minimize the other side. We act as though God is really concerned with punishing the guilty, but not lifting up the oppressed or vice versa. We want the guilty punished, but we don't want to see, uh, we don't want to address systemic inequality, or we want to work on systemic injustice, but we forget about personal responsibility. They're two sides of the same coin. But what's really important about this phrase, do justice, is the word do. It's not just that we're supposed to believe in justice. It doesn't matter what you say you believe your values are. It's what you live out, right? It's not just what you say you believe about justice. It's are you doing justice? Are you doing the work of justice? It's one thing to say we agree with the principle of justice. It's quite another thing to say we're willing to make our own contribution of energy and emotion to the cause of helping everyone flourish under justice. So how do you relate to the world? Well, first, do justice, okay? Number two, love kindness. Love kindness. Some translations translate the word kindness as mercy. In fact, it's what most people are familiar with when they hear this passage, to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. But Micah isn't talking about mercy just as letting go uh, of guilty people without punishing them. That's how a lot of us think about mercy. You deserve this, but I'm not going to give it to you. There's mercy. No, Micah is talking about a kindness that expects no repayment. Works of mercy and kindness are when we use our own time, energy, and resources to help somebody who might be at a disadvantage when it comes to helping themselves. And we do it without expecting to be paid or rewarded. Now think about a couple of the human values this kind of flies in the face of. Um, one of them is people say, well, the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. Well, the Bible doesn't say that, and it's a terrible way to live, okay? The problem is, Some people can't help themselves or they are at a disadvantage when it comes to helping themselves. And every time I hear someone brag about pulling themselves up by their bootstraps and doing it all on their own and achieving greatness in their own energy and their own power, I automatically know that that person is not considering the contribution their ancestry has made into their ability to press forward and to succeed in some way. The fact is we live in a culture where some portions of our society have been kept down. So kindness is a matter of helping those who may not be able to help themselves and doing it while expecting nothing in return. And again, just like with justice, we don't just believe in it. We're supposed to do it. Well, when it comes to kindness, we don't just need to like kindness or agree with kindness. We are instructed to love kindness, to be passionate about kindness, about mercy, about sharing ourselves with others in a way that helps them, okay? Thirdly is to walk humbly. So do justice, love kindness, and third part of this framework for relating to the world is to walk humbly. This is uh, this phrase from Micah's prophecy. It inspired the name of this podcast and the website walkhumble.com. In fact, because walk is a verb, proper grammar dictates we would say we should walk humbly, 
Okay, that's how it's translated from Micah's prophecy. The problem is to walk humbly describes how we're walking. But the, the you know, walk humble is named to walk humble because we wanted to convey an idea that it's not just about how we're walking. It's not just about our behavior. It's about our state of being. It's about an inner attitude and a posture of the heart of humility toward God. So walking humble ultimately implies two core ideas. First, to walk implies forward progress. We don't get the luxury of having arrived. We have more growing to do, more learning to do, more mistakes to make and to learn from, and more recovery to walk through. We have a long way ahead of us, and we need to keep taking steps forward. Walking humbly implies forward progress. But the second part of walking humbly means that there's never a need to pretend that we've arrived. To walk means to go forward. To walk humbly means I don't have to act like I'm doing it right. I don't have to act like I've gotten there. I don't have to act like I've mastered this. We get to be honest about where we are and how far we have to go. We get to admit that we don't have it all together. No matter how hard we try to sustain the image of maturity and perfection, I don't have all the answers. I haven't figured it out. I have not mastered this and I fail all the time. My old pastor, Rick Warren, for whom I have tons of respect, he said, if an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, then an ounce of pretension is worth a pound of manure. Here's the thing. We're social creatures. We were wired for relationships. That much is obvious. Whether you're asking someone who's a religious leader or someone in the world of psychology, we know that we were made to do life with other people, okay? But we're also broken. We're we're broken apart from each other. We're broken on the inside. We're broken by our fear of exposure and real intimacy. Because if you get close enough, you'll see the imperfect me. But the pathway to actual intimacy and healthy relationships and therefore joy and peace in our life is ultimately through vulnerability and authenticity. And vulnerability is hard, isn't it? Walking humbly is how we walk in health, holiness, and happiness. Walking humbly is saying, I'm going to make progress. I'm going to grow. I'm going to get better. I'm going to improve this, but I'm going to do it in a way that does not require me to lie about how well I'm doing. Instead, I get to I get to own it. I get to be honest. Now, let me take these things and go back to the bigger point. These three values or actions of doing justice, loving mercy and kindness, walking humbly with our God, they give us the ultimate framework for relating to the world. And, and I can navigate anything in life if I just do it while living out those three values. I, I, can, I can repair and restore broken relationships. I can work on issues like climate change or poverty or any other kind of issue that you're passionate about, whatever breaks your heart, you can work through those issues by doing the work of justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly with your God. It's just a simple framework. It is so simple. Now, that's not to say things don't get complicated. I know things get complicated. I don't even have to list um, to the ways in which life gets complicated when you start tackling an issue. But I also know this. I don't have to have some gigantic technical manual for living life well. I don't need a thousand rules to keep. I just need to balance these three values. I just need to walk through life doing justice, loving mercy and kindness, walking humbly with my God. That's what God wants. That's what God expects. That's what he requires. And here's the kicker. 
for those of us who, who worship him, follow him, believe in, in Jesus, he's along for the journey to empower us for this walk. He doesn't just tell us to go do these things knowing we're going to fail and we're going to fail miserably. Instead, he says, I want you to do life that way and I'll help you along the way. I'm going to be with you, okay? I'm going to walk with you on this journey. So that's it. There's your framework for relating to the rest of the world. How do I navigate crazy times? How do I get through the mess that is the social conundrum we find ourselves in, all the confusion, all the division, all that I walk through and struggle with in this life, the things we're arguing about, crying about, talking about. How do I navigate all of that? Do justice. Make choices that err on the side of doing justice and working for justice for everybody. Love kindness. Give some of your time, your life, your energy to helping people, expecting nothing in return. And walk humbly. Make forward progress, but do it without pretension. You don't have to act like you've got it all together. We're all on the journey and none of us have quite arrived yet, okay? Hey, that's it for today. That's the whole podcast. That's what I wanted to share in this inaugural episode number two of Walk Humble Podcast is just a framework for relating to the world around us. I've had to learn a lot of this the hard way in my life the last few years, and I just wanted to pass it along, okay? That's it for today. If you want to support or partner with Walk Humble, uh, leave a tip or support us on an ongoing basis. Just go to walkhumble.com and click on support at the top. Remember to subscribe and share this with somebody. Maybe send it in a text or use social media and, uh, and just let the world know that you're out there. And I can't wait to talk to you next time. We're going to talk about many, many great things in the upcoming episodes. We're going to talk about how to have healing in our souls, how to have stronger relationships. We're going to listen to more ancient wisdom for living daily life today. And I just want to invite you to stick around for the journey and go with us. And one last thing, if you got a question for me, uh, something you want to ask, a topic that's bothering you, something that's weighing heavily on your heart, shoot me an email at brandon at walkhumble.com, Okay. Or just get to walkhumble.com and use the contact form that's on the about page. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear if you're listening. I'd love to know more about you and to be able to tackle some big, big talks and subjects together. So thanks for listening. Pass this along and uh, keep walking humble.